Welcome to the Ready to Buy podcast. The podcast for busy young professionals like you to help get yourself and keep yourself ready to buy your dream home and keep your finances in shape. We know just how daunting it can feel, which is why over the coming weeks and months, we'll be discussing and simplifying moving, mortgages and money whilst hearing from some industry experts to help build your knowledge, understanding and confidence to be in the best shape you can be. The Ready to Buy podcast is brought to you by me, Mark Humphrey of MHC Mortgage and Protection Limited. And with over 20 years of experience in the mortgage industry, we help and support people like you buy their homes on a daily basis. We are passionate about making the process simple, easy, hassle and stress-free for all of our clients and we'll be sharing our knowledge, experience and loads of useful hints and tips throughout the series. You can find out more about us at mhcmortgages.co.uk and to make sure you never miss an episode you can subscribe at any podcast app out there including of course Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts and Amazon. Welcome to today's episode, Moving Home, Where Do You Start? It's likely that this has been on your mind for quite some time, I'd suggest, and it's now that you're starting to get motivated and taking steps to make that move a reality. And we covered in the last season quite a lot about buying your first home, where do you start? And it's really not that different. And for you, I imagine it could be a case of that your family's growing, you might be looking to move areas for your job, complete relocation. Quite often, it might be that you want your children to go into a certain school, and so you need to be in the catchment area. Whatever your motivation for looking to move, it's a really exciting time. And the thought of fresh beginnings and with all that excitement also comes a flip side of it's a really daunting time because actually you won't have done this more than likely for quite some time and you may not have actually moved before. You may have bought for the first time but equally things may have changed as well. So hopefully today's going to be quite helpful just to give you a few pointers about where to start and taking those first steps. I'd always say that the best thing to do is, with anything in life, is to break things down into smaller chunks. Then all of a sudden, things do become less daunting. And when it comes to moving home, if you've got to sell yours and you're buying, please think of it as two separate transactions. It really is. And that will make it easier straight away. So the sale of your home is one transaction the purchase of your next home is a separate one. It's quite simple. And you'll start to see why it makes a difference as we go through. Now, there are a number of people that I speak to that decide that actually, if we can, we'd rather hold on to our current home rather than sell it. So we'd like to let to buy. So we'd like to rent out our current home and we'd like to buy the next one. Quite often that isn't possible because your deposit for your new home is going to come from your existing one. And it might depend if there's enough equity in the property. We will cover that in a future episode. For today's episode, we're talking about a sale and purchase. So whereby you're looking to sell yours 
and buy on. And so we mentioned about two separate transactions and people that have gone through it before will tell you that selling your home tends to be much harder than it does to find a new one. And even in today's market, that's described as a seller's market where properties, because there aren't so many about, because the supply is relatively short versus the amount of demand for properties, it's quicker, but it's still generally easier to find a new property, depending on what you're looking for, than it is to sell yours. My advice would be, first and foremost, go and see a whole-of-market mortgage broker. If you've got a relationship with one already, great. If not, go and find one. The best way to do that is to seek reviews, get recommendations from trusted friends, family, and colleagues. And it's certainly something that we can help with uh, MHC Mortgage and Protection. Because this being the first step, it's really going to help set the tone for your house search. And really, from the start, is it feasible? Because that's what you really want to know. Once you start to know it's feasible, then things start to come to light. The process is similar to when you first bought that you will go and see your whole of market mortgage broker. From the very start, they can look at your income. So that will be your salary if you're employed. Look at any additional income like overtime, bonus, commission, shift allowances, car allowance, area, so London waiting, for example, all those types of things. In addition to if you're getting any child benefit, for example, if you've got kids, they'll take all of the income that's usable into account. Look at what your outgoings are as well. So if you've got credit commitments, it may be that in the process of moving, if you've got enough equity in your current home, it might be that you can have a fresh start and actually use some of the proceeds from your sale to clear those debts, which may then make it more affordable going forward. And so they'll have a look at all of these for you. Another key part of the equation there, and something that you might be more nervous about actually, are the buying and selling costs, or it might be things that you haven't considered. So for example, when you bought your first home, there'll be the buying costs that you'd have come to. So to run you through those quickly, for example, stamp duty, quite often as a first-time buyer, there are exemptions. So you may not have actually paid any stamp duty or you may have paid a reduced amount. Stamp duty is the government tax that you pay when you buy a property, not when you sell. So you'd only pay it on your new property as opposed to your current one that you sell. So they would be able to have a look at that for you. You would have solicitor costs, but this time, rather than just the purchase they would have to factor in both the sale of your current one, which generally doesn't cost as much as the legal work involved in the purchase, but it certainly would be higher because you're paying both the buying and selling costs. Estate agency fees as well, that will be something to factor in, and we'll come to that shortly, and liaising with estate agents to sell your home. Now, estate agents, as we've said before quite a few times, they act on behalf of somebody selling a property. And so it's quite normal if you're instructing them to sell your property, they're going to charge you when you sell. More often than not, it tends to be once you've sold, so you wouldn't have to pay anything up front. It would then give them an incentive to help sell your home. But that's a cost that you wouldn't have come across before. Other things such as 
you may want a survey. It's highly advisable to get your new property checked out. So there could be costs involved with that. There may be a mortgage arrangement fee with the chosen lender for your new mortgage. There may be a mortgage broker fee as well. So there are a number of costs to factor in, and that is something that your mortgage broker will look at. And it starts to then give you a clearer picture of what types of property you can be looking at, what's feasible, what area can you afford to buy in. And and sometimes it is a compromise. I think we've all seen the property programs on TV, thinking about Kirsty and, and Phil from Location, Location, Location. As you see with those, you're very lucky if you can find something that is within your budget that absolutely ticks every single box. So it might be a case of having to make small compromises here and there. Part of this process is to understand what is feasible and can you achieve what you're looking to achieve. What your broker at this stage will do as well will be to calculate the costs based on an approximate sale price for your home. Because as you can imagine, until you have an offer accepted, we don't know exactly. We've got tools like Rightmove and the online tools to give you a fair idea of the likely sale price of your property. And we'll come to that shortly when we talk about speaking with estate agents who will give you a a good idea as well. If there's any properties in the local area that have recently been sold that are very similar to yours in terms of the location, the footprint, the condition, things like that, then again, that could be helpful in giving you a good idea of, of how much. So these numbers initially will be based on the approximate and expected sale price. My advice to clients is always let's put a plan in place, but let's do it based on conservative figures. And so if we're conservative, then hopefully the numbers will be better for you and therefore you'll have more of a surplus. It's far better to have funds left over than it is to to end up short, having to find more or things not being able to proceed with that. Okay, so that's step one. We've had a look and worked out what's feasible. So step two, this is where speaking with estate agents come in. And for some of you, it may be something that you dread. I would say don't dread it. Take control of it. And ultimately, you're in charge of who you want to sell your property. The first part of the process, I would say, would be to get your home valued. And estate agents are always very happy to come out and do this. They certainly won't charge you for this. If you get in touch, most are very good and will come around very quickly and have a good look at your home and give you a good idea of what they feel they could sell your home for. Now, a good estate agent as well, not only are they going to tell you what they think they could sell it for, but they're going to give you a good idea of actually maybe if you tweak this, if you did that, For example, if you gave certain areas a coat of paint, maybe if you decluttered, if you tidied up the garden, it might depend what time of the year it was as well. Lots of different small hints and tips that can make your home more presentable and ultimately can sell better. So these are all hints and tips that they should be able to give you. And I'm sure you can get tips online as well. They're probably not going to increase the value of your home or increase the sale price, but it might just mean that there's more demand for your property. If it's more presentable, it's more likely that you'll have more people want to to come and view it in the first place and then put an offer in. And actually, the more people that want to put an offer in, 
the more potential there is that you can get your asking price or potentially a little bit more. I would definitely recommend getting at least two or three, maybe even four local agents in to look at your property. It's important not just to pick one. I would say get a feel for who you really think that you like, that you feel that you can work with and that you trust to work with to sell your home for you. I would always approach it from a customer side, actually. So think about this person that you're meeting and when you talk to them, do they seem credible? Do they seem likable? Would you buy a house from them yourself? And are they genuinely taking an interest in your home or does it just feel like another sale? And that there are the sort of questions that I would urge you to ask. I have to say there are an awful lot of really good estate agents out there, but there are some others less so, like in any industry. And so the power is in your hands because you can choose who you use. At this stage, you're not actually committing to anything. All you're asking for is a valuation. They'll tend to put that in writing. Quite often you get a nice neat pack or a letter or a folder from them confirming the valuation. And that's really good. Take that away or it's quite likely they'll send that across to you shortly after they do the viewing. And you don't need to jump into anything. But what it does, it gives you a good idea of what your home's worth. And so if we need to go back to your mortgage broker just to update the figures, if we'd overestimated or possibly underestimated, then we can update the numbers in our plan. And it gives you confidence now that what we've started to put together with your mortgage broker, how much you could afford to borrow, the costs involved, all those types of things, that it's feasible. And really, at this stage, it starts to come to life. Definitely not a silly question. Each episode, we like to answer a question that I might have been asked this week, because something we don't know, no matter how big or small, particularly when it comes to money, mortgages and finance, will cause unnecessary stress. So I say to all of my clients, they're really, genuinely, and no silly questions. So the question I've been asked this week is... If I'm in the middle of a fixed rate with my current lender and I'm looking to move now or very soon, do I have to go back to them to organise the mortgage? The answer is no. So a whole of market mortgage broker will work with lenders from the whole market. So it's likely that that will include your current lender. So they will be able to look at all of your options. So both remaining with your current lender and bringing that mortgage to your new home is also known as porting and we'll cover that in another episode and they'll also be able to look at all of the other lenders across the market it may be that your best option could be to come away from your current lender and go with another one so they'll look at all of your options so the answer to that is most definitely no get some help and speak with a whole of market mortgage broker If you have a question you'd like to ask, anything at all, please contact me, Mark Humphrey, via inquiries at mhcmortgages.co.uk. Not only will I answer your question nice and quickly, but I promise I'll try and share your question in future episodes, as you can be sure you'll not be the only one that's thought of that question. If you're enjoying the podcast, you can help us reach and help many, many more people like yourself by leaving us a five-star review on whichever platform you get your podcast 
and by sharing the podcast on your social media channels. So it's likely that you'll have spoken with your mortgage broker again. And now I would suggest would be the time to start organizing an agreement in principle. We've spoken about this before, and you'll have already provided your pay slips, your bank statements, your ID and and documents to your broker. And so they'll be able to go away and with the most appropriate lender will be able to get you an agreement in principle that you may remember from before is a piece of paper that essentially says in principle a lender is prepared to lend you x amount of pounds that certificate is great because it means for you that gives you confidence that you can obtain the mortgage that you need for it all to work and it also gives the estate agents confidence at that later point where you're going to start putting an offer in for a property you're not yet but it will give them confidence that you've essentially got the means with which to put that offer in credibly and you're a serious buyer and you could afford to buy that property. We've said before that selling your home invariably does take longer. And so the next step would be to start making your decision on which estate agent you would like to market your property. And if there are any improvements that they've suggested, again, doesn't tend to be huge it might just be cosmetic bits like your coat of paint uh, those types of things get those done quickly and then you can start to get your property on the market so for those of you that haven't sold before I would say just be prepared for a little bit of disruption in terms of having the house tidy making sure everything's put away particularly if you've got kids I've been through the moving process with kids and I wouldn't say it's stressful, but what I would say is where you have people coming round to view your home on a fairly regular basis, it's constantly having to put things away, tidy things up. And if you've got kids, you'll know what I mean when I say that particularly younger kids aren't often that tidy. You'll also find that most agents will give you a choice, and this is your choice whether you show the prospective buyers around once people want to come and view or whether you let the estate agent. I've done both in my time and I have to say, having lived in the property, I and you in your situation, you'll know far more about your home than an estate agent will. So I would suggest if you're confident doing it, show them around yourself You don't have to be all over them. You can be relaxed, let them wander around, let them have a good look, but be there. You can answer questions. So often when I view properties myself, you'll ask an estate agent a question. They won't really know because it's not their property. Some are better researched than others, but if you're confident to do it, do it yourself. There generally isn't a difference in cost from the agents that I've liaised and spoken with on that front. And so hopefully it won't take too many viewings, particularly if you've got your home into a a position where it looks great and it looks appealing, the offers will start to come in. And so once you've got an offer that you're happy with and you've accepted, at that point is the point to start then thinking very seriously about your next property. Now, the reason I say that is... Don't get too carried away on your new property. 
we've said before and we keep saying it and I can't emphasize it enough you need to get your property sold before an estate agent or a seller will actually accept an offer so let's say you went out and fell in love with a property and you'd not sold yours yet might not even be on the market you're not actually a credible buyer at that point because you haven't sold yours it could take a week but it could take six months and so the seller of that property isn't going to sit around and wait for you to get your everything in order or if they are you'd be very lucky because it, it, it just doesn't happen and so it's really important to get your property sold first and then start offering on properties it doesn't mean that you can't be keeping a good eye on what's out what's available and right move and, and zoopla and those types of online tools are great for knowing exactly what's on the market what's about I would also recommend, as Andy from Robinson, Michael and Jackson Estate Agents mentioned back in episode four, get in touch with estate agents and let them know your situation. So register with them, register with all of the agents if need be. Let them know that you're looking to move. Let them know that your house is on the market. Naturally, the agent that you're selling your through will know this already. But as Andy mentioned, often there'll be properties that are due to come to the market that haven't yet and won't be advertised yet, but that they know about. So if they know that you're looking for a four-bedroom property in a certain area, then all of a sudden you're on their radar. And then as soon as you get to that great position where you have an offer accepted on your home, then is the time when you can really get in and view the properties and put an offer forward. So it's important to do it in that order. And what I've seen a number of times is people falling in love with the property and it not happening simply because you see a property, you fall in love with it, you haven't sold yours yet or you haven't got a buyer and yet there's somebody just down the road that has already sold theirs or hasn't got a property to sell and can put an offer in and gets accepted straight away. And so avoid that bit of disappointment, do it in this order and you won't go far wrong. And so in summary, we've discussed today about buying your first home and where do you start? First and foremost, get help from a whole of market mortgage broker. We said, let's understand your options from the very start. Let's understand if it's feasible, what's feasible. You might be surprised. I see it all the time where people have got their eye on a certain value of property. Well, actually, they can achieve the dream rather than the compromise value that they thought they could buy at so understand the numbers next step get your home valued ask several estate agents to come and value your property from there if need be you can update the figures update the plan with your mortgage broker and then from there once you're ready your mortgage broker will get you your agreement in principle and you can choose your estate agent that you're happy to use that you've done your research that you really feel it's got your best interests at heart and get your property on the market once you found a buyer then is the time to start seriously looking for your next property we've said two separate transactions is really helpful in this you're selling and you're buying and if you think of them separately even though essentially the sale is going to feed into your buying costs and your deposit from your equity two separate transactions will really help keep things clear in your mind and make things as smooth as possible 
thanks so much for listening today. I really hope that you've enjoyed the episode and found it helpful. We'd love you to join us next time when I'll be discussing more hints and top tips from the world of money, mortgages and moving. In the meantime, please get in touch if you'd like some help or have a question about your own personal situation. You can contact me at inquiries at mhcmortgages.co.uk and my details will also be in the show notes. Until next time, take care. Thank you.